Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back to the X-Men Files, I'm Brian Fannin, and sitting with me is... Inessa, are we supposed to say our last name? I guess we do. Uh, you don't have to say yours. Mine is on the podcast itself, oh, okay. so like I mean, the jig is up. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's every chance that I will be confused with a country-ish, you know, a country-adjacent folk singer named Brian Fannin, or that he will be confused with me, mm. and that he'll be trying to book uh, an event, and someone will say, "Are you the guy that does math?" <laughs> um. Neither of us are celebrities or household names, but we're going to change all that today yes. with our Ooh. best our best episode of the X-Men Files ever. And what better way to get that going than with a uh, hog wild dynamite mixed metaphor summary from you. Oh boy. Okay. okay. This is the summary is definitely not going to live up to that expectation because I that, well, but I, but now now you you've altered the expectations. Yes. And I, now the expectation is people you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. Hype it up. People people want to be, people want to believe. People want to believe that I want to believe. I do believe in you. Okay. But also I want to believe in you. I think you should want to believe in yourself. I do believe in myself most of the time, but n- yeah. not at all around the subject of because right. it's only one page. Usually, yeah. I write two whole pages, but look, only no, one I get page. it. I get it. Yeah. Look, the the um, the the treasure was the camaraderie that we discovered along the way. <laughs> okay, so that's what you need to all remember. Right. Uh, I, I can't take credit for that. I heard that somewhere, but uh, it's a kind of a timeless one. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and can't... Wait, 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 wait. All right. It's very uh, warm in here. It isn't very warm in here. It is. It is, it is, it is warm uh, be, be, uh, in Beirut. Um, so, so a fantastic recap is coming up, and I believe in you. Uh, click your heels three times and begin recapping. Fire away. All right. Uncanny X-Men issue 185 is called Public Enemy, and it was released in September of 1984. 84. When I was 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, your birthday month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. We shouldn't tell people your birthday because then they could pick up prescriptions that are actually yours. Oh, if they want to pay for them, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, We open at the Pentagon. Uh, Peter Gerich, whose name I figured out later was only his middle name is Peter. I can't remember his first name. Girich, anyway, has decided that all of the mutants, that of all of the mutants in the world, <clears throat> Rogue possesses an existential threat to humanity and her powers must be neutralized. Hell yeah. He gives a lot of reasons, which mostly seem to be that he can't figure out if she's a double agent between Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and X-Men, or they're all working together, or something else. And then there was also that dead uh, shield agent. The dead shield. I guess, right. He, Girich, has Forge's magical object that was obtained (laughs) by Valerie Harris? What's her last name? Uh, uh, Bertinelli. Bertinelli. Raven Darkholm appears and is horrified, horrified that the government might use the shady, untested weapon on mutants, of which she is one. Right. <laughs> Her membership card to the Leopards Eating People's Faces party is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Cut to... 
I, I, I like the pause yeah. while you enjoyed your own... My own joke. Yeah, yeah. your own humor there. Okay, <laughs> that's good. good uh, cut to the mansion, and Aurora is worried about Rogue. Charles is talking to Rachel Summers. She's still trying to figure out what pass she's in. And calls Scott and Madeline in a pretty heartbreaking scene mm. with cool phone cord art that our kids today would not recognize. Right. Back in the basement of the Pentagon, where I guess the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants have a secret lab, Mystique isn't sure whether having her powers taken taken away may actually help Rogue. But Irene points out that the, pes- the pesky problem of free will and all that. Rogue tells Forge what is happening, and he's pretty, pretty pissed off. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rogue is taking a little break back home, which is Mississippi. Aurora shows up and tries to convince Rogue that she trusts her by letting her, Rogue, absorb her powers, Aurora's, of her own free will. It works, and Rogue is enjoying playing with the weather, and I'm assuming she checked to see if Storm was still alive before she did that, when she gets blasted with the magical blaster. There's some weather and some fighting, Storm wakes up, Forge shows up, and Geerich hits Storm with the magic blaster, taking away her powers, maybe forever. At the end, we learn that the dire wraiths are watching all this in their scrying pool, whatever that is, and they decide that Forge's weapon possesses an existential threat to them, and so he must die. Period. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, there we have it. Uh, Yeah, fantastic summary. Uh, A good recap. Uh, We're already well on our way to this being the absolute best episode ever, and the one that will finally put us on the podcasting map. (laughs) Dear listener, if you want to help us uh, be placed on the podcasting map, please send an email to Cerebro at xmenfiles.com. That's Cerebro at xmenfiles.com. So a, what, with a C. I mean, they probably know that. If they don't know that... We still want to hear from actually, them. Actually, I don't know why. I was about to like have no pity or sympathy for them. If you don't know that, then then please ask us a question. Uh, email those questions to Cerebro at xmenfiles.com. Yeah. Like, if you want to know about the spelling of our email address, just send those questions to us, <laughs> and we will address them <laughs> in the order that they were received. Okay? Sometimes it takes us a few days. It, uh, it does. Yes. Our response rate is pretty, yeah. it's pretty I terrible. I mean, we try. You know, we spend at we least... We don't really try, actually. Several, we don't really get email. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot about... Um, I, I, I love I love what this is because this takes me back to like 1995 and <clears throat> just just the glee in in the aimlessness and purposelessness of our lives. Um, you know, our whole, lives, uh, the, our whole generation, man. <laughs> the, like like the slacker thing, the Gen X thing. It was it was a you know none of those labels ever fit. Uh, and I don't know, maybe everybody, when they're like 24, before they can rent a car, uh, like after they're out of college, before they can rent a car, yeah. maybe there is a similar, almost joyfully nihilistic glee in, in the emptiness of, of your life. So you've got no money, you've got no scratch. Right. Uh, and you're not doing it, because whatever job you have is just going to be shit, right? <laughs> shitty job. Okay, can you My take... job wasn't shit. I worked at Ernst & Young when I was 20. You, you, you I guarantee you, I mean, I was job bad was at not... it. No, 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 yeah. no, irrespective of that, because I have been... Uh, like a 20-something actuary. And I can tell you, I, mean, I was yeah. not a master of the universe. No, no. Is what I mean. Uh, you know, there are some people out there, yeah, like, like who will, whatever, like, like graduate at the top of the law school and go to like Skadden Arps or some shit. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, you know, I did a lot of like spreadsheet work and it was pretty tedious, but, you know. So for... stop, stop right there. <laughs> Because that brings us back to this point of um, I, I kind of miss that emptiness, which mm-hmm. is um, also a, a time when the responsibilities rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. 
that act, the, the, the absence of responsibility was right. great. Uh, now that like I'm 49 <laughs> and I, if I'm doing a tedious spreadsheet thing, then I feel guilty because it means that I'm wasting someone's money. Mm. I'm wasting someone's time. So <laughs> yeah, I wish I could go yeah. back and enjoy some of that gleeful, uh, aimlessness without feeling like, I don't know. So, I mean, you know, we well, can capture some of that. Like, like one of the things, so my ex-wife and I, um, one of the things that we would do, because like, like we had no money. So, okay, we, between the two of us, we got $5 and we've got 48 hours worth of weekend coming up. Right. So what do we, we're going to watch TV. Um, you know, five, five, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But like there's probably like a bottle of, of cheap bourbon but like okay like five dollars we've got five dollars five dollars in a bottle of cheap bourbon no we're gonna go to the mall and we're not gonna buy anything we're gonna get like two single scoops of ice cream and like that's two hours right we can still do a little bit of that like if i were to ever do that now if we do that now they're like oh my god like like, i'm just wasting my time Uh, i feel you feel that way or the kids feel that we're wasting their time I feel you that. feel like you're I'm wasting, wasting your time. their time. You're wasting their time. This is why I love this podcast because this is basically exactly the sort of thing that I would have done <laughs> in your at 20s. 24. Exactly. I mean, like presuming that I was able to afford the nice microphone right. that we have. But this is exactly so. We got like 48 hours worth of weekend. Okay, awesome. We're going to do a deep dive on comic books, and it, it nobody's going to listen to it. Nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I that's a long-winded way of saying, I love this experience. Uh, if you have a similar experience, send an email to Cerebro at xmenfiles.com or don't because I know that nobody's listening. Uh, but it's awesome because um, if we didn't record this and put it on the internet, it wouldn't feel the same, even though nobody's listening. Right. No, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally agree. This, this. Is a, feels this very intentional. Like, yes. Or, or, or maybe, yeah. maybe summing it up. Um, the fact that we are wasting time is a splendid use of our time. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying uh, to say. All right. Speaking of time wasters that aren't really time wasters, that are actually the things that give our lives texture and, uh, and, and, and meaning, and, and yeah. Context, yeah, meaning. Eh, meaning is a little, little much. Fucking Loudza over there. Um, <laughs> texture. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I wanted to find something that was not a synonym for texture, but, but would also do that uh, depth, maybe. But I just um, noticed, totally unrelated to what uh, you're about to say, is that when we record, neither of us wears our glasses. So <laughs> we do occasionally have to lean. We in, sit you know? in here looking at each other, fuzzy. <laughs> like, you're not that fuzzy. You're pretty, I mean, you're, you're not that fuzzy close, either. Yeah. But my reflection there is fuzzy, and oh, a lot I of imagine, the other yeah, stuff is fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. yeah so this cool. is part of the reason that we like to record together is because we sit in here and <laughs> dim light and look uh, attractive to it's each other. <laughs> you look attractive all the time. Thank you. Not maybe all the time, but you know, most of the time. <laughs> cool. <laughs> your your slippers. Uh, uh, I, I'm happy that they make you comfortable. I'm going to leave it at that. What's wrong with my slippers? I mean, from your perspective, nothing. I have slippers that I love. Yeah. And if you're looking for slippers, I highly recommend them. They're Birkenstock slippers. Oh, And they've got like a little felty, they're like felt, and then they're like shearling inside, which isn't always amazing in North Carolina in the summer, but, you know, when the air conditioning's on. And uh, so they feel like a soft fluffy fur lined yeah. uh birkenstock and i think that they're, they're certainly more attractive than the slippers i had before 
I, I'm not suggesting otherwise. The reason that I have to wear slippers. <laughs> yes. You have to. I have to wear slippers. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm not. Look, look. It, it's, you know, I. The reason that I have to wear slippers is right. that in the process of <clears throat> bearing you two children. Right. Bearing us two children. Uh-huh. Uh, I can no longer be barefoot on hardwood floors. It hurts my feet. That's cool, man. And, and the other reason why you have to do it is because... Because you find them so hot. <laughs> it makes the fact that I find you attractive more genuine. It tests if your... I thought that, <laughs> if I thought that you were... That there was nothing on earth that could that could mar your otherwise <laughs> uh, perfect uh, beauty... It, 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 then, then it, suddenly it would it would it would be fake somehow. It would mm. be artificial. So uh, those slippers are uh, the 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 touch of gray and the silver lining. That's a, not not the metaphor that I want. They're the lie that exposes the truth. <laughs> Cool. Speaking of lies and truth. <laughs> Speaking of lies and truth. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, what do we think of this issue? I thought this one was okay. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't okay. my favorite. You know, it had a, a yeah. sort of a half of it was like this kind of extended uh, fight scene, which is always the thing that I like was least. Was it half of it? Yeah, close to half of it. Okay, okay. Third of it, yeah. maybe. All right, all right, but you know, right. whatever. The fight scene felt. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't like it sure. wasn't like that stupid thing with the spiders, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the Sidrai. Yes. And the Sidrai hunters. But it, um, you know, it, it centered around a fight scene that I could have kind of gone either way on. So sure, I'm, sure. you know, I'm curious to know more about the, the dark wraiths. Uh huh. Um, the dark wraiths, the, the dire wraiths. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the dire wraiths. I... <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. That, it, it's, it's my favorite cut from, uh, Reckoning, the, uh, the Dead's acoustic album. Um, how about, how about Professor X on the, uh, doing the Sigmund Freud with, with Rachel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing whatsoever problematic about that. <laughs> Professor yeah. X has always been a, a good actor. Uh, he, yeah, I, he has all of my trust and confidence. Yeah. He's got this like weird, uh, he's wearing his like weird smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah. I want to project a bunch onto Professor X because I mean, he's, he's, he's taken a lot of abuse on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And let's just both agree that he has earned every ounce of abuse <laughs> of from it. us. Yeah, I didn't pay that much attention to that. I got like I read through that, an and that yeah. yeah, it was just a one a one page yeah. uh, one page thing. And then I you know I thought the part where she calls uh, Scott and and Madeline was really sad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, but but keeping with I, yeah. I want to come back yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but keeping with Professor X, and I'm projecting here. Um, one of the things that I can't stand about him is <laughs> that he's exactly the sort of uh, destructive uh, person who feels that he is the opposite. Wait, so what do you think? Hold on. What do you... I mean, I don't like him either, but like in that... Why is he psychoanalyzing Rachel? I mean, how do you know for sure that he's psychoanalyzing her? Come on. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean the, the couch is like so on the nose. It is so Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Uh, what What else is... is, is um, Rachel says, hey, I'm thirsty. And Professor X says, why don't we have a glass of lemonade? Maybe I'll sit down at the kitchen table and drink it. And Professor X says, no, no, no. I've got a very comfortable couch. You think that's what happened? <laughs> no, I guess I thought that she was just like he was asking her questions about where, you know, what her future yeah. was like. I didn't think he necessarily had like a nefarious purpose. I thought he was just being sort of his weird, douchey self. 
It could be both of or those. Or that things. maybe psychoanalysis yeah. was sort of in the in the common you know, that 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 at that time that's how it would have seemed appropriate to you know, now I feel like therapy usually happens like you're sitting on a couch, they're sitting in a chair or whatever, but yeah. I don't know, maybe more situations where people did talky stuff involved one person lying down in the eighties. And that's why it was drawn that way. No. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm put, not really American. So you're not really American. Well, <laughs> Zygmunt Freud was uh, was um, Austrian, so uh, you don't need to be. Uh, you don't need to be even Western European. Yeah. I'm, I, for some reason, I just thought that they had her on the couch to indicate that they were having like a serious conversation, yeah. where he was sort of the like, w- w- which had like a maybe not like. A Talking as equals, but talking exactly. as one person who's as like as they're, distressed they're talking, and another person yeah, who's trying to help them. Yeah, and, and maybe we're zeroing in on, on what I hate about uh, Professor X is that he presumes in any interaction that there is an asymmetry where whoever he's talking to either needs his input, requires his input, uh, can't survive without him, and he's gotten uh, really nothing... No wisdom to glean from the, but but really that first thing, Professor X in every encounter, there's an asymmetry where he's on top. Do you think that morally, mentally, or otherwise? Do you think that that was an intentional way that that character was written, or do you think that the character just that they could never really settle on kind of how they wanted him to be? So the former. Okay. And what's crazy is, I mean, if you read. Uh, Golden Age X-Men. Like, he's worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, shallower, but, you know, all of the characters. Mm-hmm, were, mm-hmm. I mean, forgive me, Stan Lee, but, you know, the characters were uh, you know, more depth than uh, than over at DC, but, but not as much depth as, uh, as certainly Claremont would bring to them. So, yeah, the professor was this taskmaster uh, who would <laughs> just, like, bully them into training hard to be superheroes. Right. And he was a massive dick. I could see um, that as a yeah. character, but then, like, then this, the subsequent, like, just, I don't know, I feel like since I've been reading them, and I didn't read yeah. any of those, sometimes I'm not sure, like, how they want him to be perceived. They don't really know. I mean, right, and maybe they don't know. I, I think, to his credit, had a couple of uh, stories that would sort of, re- I don't want to say rehabilitate, we would try to add some layer to Professor X. Mm-hmm. And, and I shouldn't say, there are like two that I'm thinking of specifically, one of which we covered, which is the one where they're in Israel. Right, yep. Uh, like, like that was great. Yep, that was a good one. Uh, that was mm-hmm. great Professor X backstory, and you almost kind of like the guy after that. Right. There's another one that we didn't read. Uh, where he has this uh, psychic battle with uh, someone in Egypt, and that was pretty cool. It's like, okay, Professor X, like he's been around the block, and he's kind of a ba- he can be kind of a badass. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Since since I've been reading them, it feels like they yeah. just they don't you know they like he doesn't have superpowers. He does. He can't walk. He can. Uh, yeah. You know, he's the leader. He's the sort of behind the scenes uh, schoolmaster. It, it just sort of feels a little like his. It doesn't feel like they can like. A hundred percent have worked out kind of where they want him to fit in that in the dynamic, but maybe that's fully just agree. Me. Yeah, no, no, that's not just you. I fully yeah. agree with you uh, that, um, yeah, that Claremont isn't quite sure what to do with him, right? And you probably already know this, but Claremont's going to phase him out. Oh no, I didn't know <laughs> even, that. Yeah. Even more so. Yeah. Oh, the other thing, too, actually, to be fair. Um, Professor X at this time is in the New Mutants. I was going to say he he probably works better and, as like a schoolmaster type 
role. But now yeah. the, the X-Men are like all people that appear to be in middle age. Right. Uh, yeah. And actually, actually, the 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 New Mutants, this era New Mutants version of Professor X is actually uh, not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, here, no. It's just like... Fuck off, <laughs> <Professor X. laughs> your weird smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, uh, like like Aurora pops in. Hey, have you seen Rogue? Prof X. Uh, no, I was too busy uh, psychoanalyzing this uh, vulnerable woman who's less than half my age. <laughs> but do you mean you think he's trying to like get in her pants? Like you're implying no, that he's no, trying to do something sexual. I, I and I don't think let he me, is. Let me walk yeah. No, I don't think that he's trying to do something sexual. Um. But th- th- there's a there's a patronymy <laughs> patronization yeah. uh, at play there that um, uh, don't patronize people. So you think? Do you feel like he's trying to sort of use her to like like uh, that she's like an aid of him feeling like uh, you know? I'm not sure how super... old Rachel is meant to be, but she looks as though she's at a minimum on the cusp of adulthood. Yeah, uh, Professor X. Uh, and or Claremont are infantilizing her. Yeah, oh, careful. Yeah, yeah. I I, I yeah. can't disagree with that. Yeah, we, we're getting a lot of mileage out of one yeah, <laughs> or one two thing. panels okay. in this comic. I have other notes. Other notes. Okay. Uh, Rogue Rogue looks really hot when she's swimming in the Mississippi River. Hooray! Yeah. So that's kind of by the by. Okay. So I wasn't going to mention her. Th- I actually wrote this. Di- I wrote yeah. the the recap. Right. And as I was writing it. And as I was reading it, you know, I noticed that, like, they had her in this sort of super sexy uh, bikini bikini thing. And I actually wrote down here in my notes, I wasn't going to mention Rose's sexy look, but Powell (laughs) mentioned it in in the book. Yes. Um, And so then when I read that, after I had written the recap, I didn't want to go back and put it into the recap. But I thought that, you know, that because, like, I've I've sort of... um, I'm a little bit like through the looking glass on the the sexification of people. <laughs> on, I mean, ladies, gaze, but yeah, also, yeah. but you know, but also the 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 sort of uh, um, you know false male physique things that yeah. you also get, and maybe right. they're not naked, and the women aren't usually naked either. They're just right. their bodies don't look normal, and you know, right. honestly, neither do the men's. Exactly. Um, so I've sort of stopped talking about that as like a week by week thing you about you're their not, weird. You, you stopped noticing. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I notice it, but I just you know, uh, you, you're fine. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't feel like I need to because it's like always the same comment. Exactly. Um, but for this one, let's you know, let's talk about that. So in this issue, it doesn't amount to much. Mm-hmm. Um, it could amount to something non-zero. Globally, though, Rogue is uh, a, a character whose demeanor and, and how she's presented and her powers um, don't necessarily make sense. Um, especially in the... Um, like, in the animated series, mm-hmm. she she's this kind of... Not aggressive. That's not the word that I'm looking for. But um, she's not shy, reticent in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, not like super sexy in terms of like like flirtatious. Although maybe there's some of that. Mm-hmm. Her power is is that if she has any physical contact with someone, she knocks them unconscious and uh, goes into this emotionally damned thing. Um, it, it hard to come up with. I mean, like like. There are evangelical pastors that wish they could have come up with a story that would 
portray sex in but it's like the friday the 13th thing <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. like like sex is poison right uh so her behavior is very much at odds with that a point that was made in uh, it was like a memo or something that, that was part of uh an x-men trade paperback where um it's grant morrison grant morrison He's, he steps in and does a really fantastic run on the X-Men, but it's shortly after the release of the movie. Now, well, like remember... recently. 99, like 99. 99. Okay. Remember who plays Rogue and what she looks like in the film, the first film that we saw? The first film, Anna Paquin plays her. Yeah. Right. And... She's... I mean, she looks like a young girl, like youngish, but young lady. But beyond that, yeah. she's not outgoing. Right. She's she's very uncomfortable with her power. powers. Right. Right. Uh, and 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 so this 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 note from um, I'm going to look it up just to make sure. I think it's Grant Morrison, but like uh, I'm terrible with names. Um, he says like if if a woman had the power that Rogue has, there's no way that she would be this uh, kind of cheerful, sexy woman. Right. She would be like, she she'd be wearing a burqa. Uh, if she ever left the house, possibly that's that, that's not his words, right? Right. But, um, all right. So we come back to this issue, and, and this is like pre pre Anna Paquin Rogue, mm-hmm. where Rogue is uh, even as a hero, the the, the sort of a um, you know aggressive. I mean, I, I keep I need a thesaurus here because, like, 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 flirty is not quite the right word, but but it's it's getting in that in that direction. Mm-hmm. She's someone who, who, I mean, there's the one issue where she almost kisses Wolverine, right? Right, that kind of um, a little flirtatious forwardness, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so it's problematic <laughs> because it you don't yeah. feel like she would really behave that way if if touching people sort of burdened her with uh, all yeah. of their emotions. Unless, unless she's she's kind of nihilistic about it. Mm-hmm. I think that that behavior works for a villain, mm-hmm. not so much for a hero. For a hero, um, or, or it, yeah. So when she was a villain, that kind of like, hey, come over here, big big boy. I'm gonna like I'm gonna fuck you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes a great deal of sense. But the whole point is that at this. Uh, time of, of, of the whatever um she's not at all comfortable with with who she is so so the whole the scene doesn't quite make sense well and, and, unless one of your objectives is to say well rogue's emotionally unstable and she's having trouble so what's she going to do and eh, she's going to strip down to her underwear and swim <laughs> yeah but i mean she no no i i actually disagree with that because okay. she goes she goes back to her home place right she goes to this this deserted beach or whatever the fuck she's at this river she doesn't know that she's going to be having this you know uh big confrontation so even before the confrontation yeah yeah she goes there there, there's the boat and like the sailors are uh, like cat calling her and she's she welcomes oh yeah fair she goes but but, but backing it up a step uh uh, you're making a very very sound yeah, point that she's she goes there by herself to be yeah. alone and maybe feels like mm-hmm. hey i'm gonna take off this weird peter pan kind of tunic that i, I wear all the time and just sit around in my stupid bikini <laughs> yeah i can actually and you know yeah, yeah that's absolutely fair. be by myself yeah. um you know and whatever yeah okay all right so 
So there's that. Yeah. Well, what's interesting <laughs> is that in in yeah. the in the Powell book, he says that like this is the beginning of them like youthening her, like that she gets youthified progressively. Or maybe I read that someplace else. But uh, could be. To me, yeah. she felt like pretty youthful when she first. Like it doesn't mm. seem like she's. It doesn't seem like they've made her younger. I felt like when she first yeah. arrived and they went to Japan or whatever. But back up a step. Do you remember when she was a villain? When they and actually this is a kind of a, a kind of a, a cool callback. Uh, uh, Wolverine, Carol Danvers, and let's say Colossus go to the Pentagon and they have a fight with Rogue when Rogue is a villain. I vaguely remember. I don't remember what. Did she look older? She kind of does. Mm. Physically, she, she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the de-aging, it's not super, super profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's a fair thing to say, uh, but it's not like it's not like night and day. Mm-hmm. By the way, I love that callback when... Um, and I have no idea how to pronounce uh, Gyrich. Yeah, who say Gyrich? Yeah, Gyrich. Um, what does Gyrich mean? I've forgotten what that word means. Neugierig. Ich bin sehr uh, neugierig. Uh, neugierig curious. is curious. Yeah, yeah, but so uh, like so Gierig has got to mean something. Something like a no, something to do with knowledge. Okay. Uh, if yeah. you speak German and you <laughs> can translate this for us, uh, yeah. Cerebro at xmenfiles.com. But they're, they're talking about like all of Rogue's crimes, and they say like. Oh, she provided a distraction at the Pentagon with a staged fight. Right, right. Because they those, can't figure out sort of what, yeah, what side yeah. she's on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, was, that, was, I thought that was very clever. Very I didn't cool. actually catch that. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I'd forgotten about that issue. Um, yeah, yeah. That was neat. Other notes. So, again, I didn't notice this myself, but when I was Googling around about this issue afterwards, I noticed that they had taken Storm's head off of the little thingy at the beginning <laughs> the upper yeah corner. the upper left hand corner thing yeah. because i assume that when she that like um when he knocked her out with that blaster thing yeah that that would just be you know resolved in the next issue but apparently it is not resolved in the next issue and storm it, remains without her powers for some time yeah i i think those are kind of two different things but, w- like, but like her thing in the upper left hand corner they switch that up from time to time i think you don't think that that was like some sort of intentional thing that now she like at the end of this issue she's no longer a superhero. Those are two different things. Um, so the answer I think Am is I reading maybe, into it too much. Yeah, the answer is I think maybe, mm-hmm. but like I don't care. Um, I don't care. I, 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 just, I, I, it was just an observation. Be, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, whether her head is I don't. There's a name for that. The you know, the upper left hand corner kind of kind of thing. Um. The fact that she disappears, this is one of these things that the wrong sort of internet people obsess over. Like, there are people right now who are talking about, um, uh, you know, like, you know, the frog and Loki and, and, and what it, or the, the alligator, where the fuck that was. Oh, Loki. the alligator, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The alligator was weird, That it actually by the way. means something. Uh, and it's like, like, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. If the thing that I'm supposed to enjoy about this is buried that deep, next. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, fair. Um, I remember noticing when they added Rogue to that. So, interestingly, sure, sure. you know, whatever. Well, and well, what's weird? Actually, the weirder thing is Cyclops is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. He's still why? There. Yeah, yeah. Have we <laughs> talked about Loki? Did we talk about Loki last week? We didn't because I think we just watched the the last two episodes one week ago. Okay, Loki. Loki. Yeah. Loki made me angry. Um. 
And we love you, Tom Hiddleston, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, uh, female Loki, <laughs> whose name I don't, I don't know. We love you, too. We love you even more. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. We do. But And, and um, uh, Owen Wilson is awesome. Yep. The production design was great. That show, I, I, I've already ranted about this kind of offline, but that show made me upset. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did we talk about did it? Did we talk about it? Maybe we did. Now, now that I'm saying it out no, loud. No, no, we talked. We were shit talking Black Widow. Black Disney's Widow. having a bad month <laughs> for the okay. at the Disney's our house because yeah, like, yeah, we were the X Men Files household. Yeah, yeah. They, they made a, a movie that was kind of just okay. Yeah. Financially, it's going to be a, possibly the worst performer, largely because of Disney's decision to release it on Disney Plus. They they lost a few bucks from us, and they screwed over Scarlett Johansson in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Loki, I've read reviews of it and I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, like it's okay, but phew, holy shit, that thing was three times as long as it needed to be. Yep. And they couldn't tell a story. The end of this is we get season two. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Loki, the first two episodes yeah. were sort of intriguing. I'm on board. The second two were like, yeah. mm, okay, I'll see where they're going to go with this. Yeah. And then the last two can just, the last two was like, uh, they defeat we're, the dragon. It was like yeah. 90 minutes or whatever, right? It was yeah. like an hour and a half. Yeah, like yeah, they defeat yeah. the dragon and they find the guy. Um, I hate when there's a new character at the end of something. It's really frustrating because it's mm. like, I can sort of see the time ticking down and, yeah. and then I'm starting to realize that like, they're, this isn't going to, they're not going to resolve this in some meaningful yeah. way because yeah, yeah, yeah. now we've got fucking 15 minutes left and they've just introduced yeah. this weird new character. Uh, in other news, you hate the film The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but at the but, end of The Wizard of Oz, they don't no, I know, invite I know, you back I, I, for I, I, the sequel. Two things. Yeah. Two, th- yeah, two different things. Um, and you've not seen uh, The Great and Powerful Oz. I have not. Uh, all Frank Baum wrote like eight of those. I wrote, when I was a kid, yeah. oh, I don't God. know where they came from yeah. and I don't know where they actually went to. But like, I, you know, we lived in, I mean, I didn't grow up with no books or anything, right. but, you know, I didn't have like a million, like we didn't go to yeah. the bookstore every three days and buy a hundred books the way that we do now. And so. We do not buy 300 books a week. <laughs> maybe you don't. Anyway, finish your point. Let's go back. So I had. Like a set of the, of the Al Oz Frank books. Baum yeah. Oz, yeah. Oz books, and I yeah. wish that I still had them because they were they were pretty cool. By the way, the only that's about the only example I can think of where a character is introduced at the end. Um, I agree with you yeah. that certainly in this case, in many cases, it is a creator not having had a plan. I think at the beginning, right. Um, How could they not have had a plan at the beginning? It was only six episodes. Because people are going to pay for this shit. No, uh, uh, so let me get this for the official record. If they had taken the money that they had for that, if they had said, because th- these two people are going to cost some bucks, maybe not that many bucks, actually. What, Owen Wilson? And- no, 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 no. If, the, if, if Disney Plus had said, we need this show with Loki... Now, what we want to do is something <laughs> where right, we're going to contract with Neil Gaiman and Terry Gilliam. All right. And we're going to say, okay, you two, you two, Neil, you write it, Terry, you film it. You, the two of you take it from here. Here is a, 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 here is a cargo ship filled with money. <laughs> right? And just, and fucking film it. It would have been awesome because, because... That's clearly 
exactly what the show wanted to be. Yeah. They wanted to be Neil Gaiman writes it and Terry Gilliam films it. And it, what's crazy is that in some of the reviews that are, oh, it's great. It's oh, it's Masters of Brazil, blah, 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 you know, Brazil, which is an awesome, awesome mm-hmm, movie mm-hmm. and one of my favorites. It's like, you know, I don't. I don't give people credit for like I I don't I don't mind it if there are influences and that's cool, but like if that's the substance, right? There's got to be more. If than the that. substance is uh, like the Doug Liman, Doug like Liman is a good yeah. Doug Liman is a good film director. Have you seen the movie Go? No, it's not a bad movie. It, like it's okay, but like it's it, it, there are some scenes that are just like absolute knockoff Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, this is beyond homage. This is <laughs> right. Yeah, and it, that, that's like that's like what this was. It's like a, like, a, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could make a movie that looks sort of like Brazil, but for people who have never seen Brazil? <laughs> all right. So yeah. if, if they had just given all that money to Neil Gaiman and Terry Gilliam, maybe there would have been something really cool. Uh, Loki sucked. Um, I'm, all right, I'm talking. We, we got a, like five or ten minutes left here. Okay. What I want to say is because Disney's having a bad month. We saw Jungle Cruise last night. Seeing it at a drive-in was a real fine experience. Our children enjoyed it. In the moment, I thought like this movie is okay. I woke up this morning feeling kind of angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I mean, I slept through some of it, so I don't. Which is its own kind of criticism. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I was actually weirdly having a hard, like, I was, I did at one moment think, like, I'm never going to a drive-thru ever again. Like, I can't get comfortable. Drive-in. I'm sorry. A drive-in. You're going to call it a drive-by any minute now. I went to a drive-by movie. I just, I'm like, I couldn't get comfortable. Something bit me on the foot. Then I got Uh, bug spray all over myself. I mean, at the end, like, it was fine. And the kids thought it was delightful. And that was worth it. A drive-in is very similar to watching a movie on an airplane. They're not ideal circumstances. The drive-in, though, can have, like, like some of the negatives can be a positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was you know I'm, I would go to another drive in with yeah, the kids, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There were there were there were jungle things. Yeah, there were jungle things. Um, the Rock was there. I liked him. But so this is like here's what's crazy about that movie. Um, so it is a here's what it's here's what this movie is based on. Jungle Cruise. And by the way, I I thought I was gonna I was gonna dig it mm-hmm. because I I, I like The Rock and uh, his stuff. I mean, like it's not Citizen Fucking Kane, <laughs> but, but he is funny and yeah, he's, he's got a good delivery. He's a decent actor. The, the, he's a good actor. And, and, yeah. And, and yeah, and that that that, that genre is one that I like. Um, I, I saw uh, was it Fast Five uh, a couple months ago. It was terrific. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel and The Rock. I mean, you're going to get like a contact testosterone high watching the thing. Point is, so this movie, Jungle Cruise, is, is okay, this is a movie that's based on a movie that was based on a theme park. <laughs> they say, okay, we can't Wait, what's do, the movie that it's based it's on? It's based on Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean... <laughs> It, 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 and not only that, it's like not even it's not even like derivative of the first Pirates of the Caribbean. How is it based on Pirates? Want, based on is not the right word. Right. It, 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 I mean, it's based on a on a derivative theme park. of. It's based on a theme park ride. The people who were making this movie said, "Remake the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Pirates like like on a on a dead man's tit or whatever." Yeah, I didn't even think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. How could you not think about that? With the uh, the CGI body horror yeah, thing. And spoilers, there are 400-year-old dead conquistadors, much like the waterlogged uh, ghosts and 
bullshit from Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, no, I mean, I get there were water. Yes, there was weird body horror, and it happened yeah. on a boat. So, so somebody fair. said, so we all love the African Queen. That's a timeless classic. But do you know what it was missing? <laughs> Mythology, you know, like a mythology, mythological monsters that are kind of uh, uh, comedic horror. Yeah. That's what that movie was missing. Do you know what the Romancing the Stone was missing? <laughs> An absence of stakes. Spoilers. A lead who turns out to be kind of like not quite human. That's, right. That's what Romancing the Stone was missing. Yep. So it's like, why don't we take all these really, really good movies and make them a little bit worse? Why don't we add some water to your cocktail? <laughs> that That's what pissed me off. Yeah. Is, I mean, it, it, kind of like... I'm doing like 90% of the talking. No, you're I'm sorry, but like, like I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I like when you I'm finding bit. that I'm really upset now. Yeah. So I like, I, I like it when movies are influenced by shit. Like Velvet Goldmine does some stuff that is basically like lifted from Citizen Kane. Velvet Goldmine is a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, gay as hell by the way, (laughs) which is neither here nor there. They did. Actually, I read something where they talked, and I don't know, I haven't done it. I haven't sort of thought deeply about uh, Disney characters, but but that this was a Disney movie that had an openly gay character. Oh, fair. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. That that was actually one of the best things about it. Which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that in terms of representation, it's it's a little more woke (laughs) than some other stuff. But I do wish they, I mean, I did have moments where I wish that they hadn't made him so like... Faye? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, can we do, can we just have a gay character who's like, right? you don't presume have your that, swish and eat it yeah, too. yeah, that you don't presume that he's gay <laughs> yeah. before he actually admits to being gay because well, he's so effete. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is how woke anyway. I am because I, I, it didn't occur to me that he was gay. <laughs> I just thought the well, you just thought he was <laughs> you just thought he was British. British. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we used to play this game. Yeah, called, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gay British. Um, but so I don't I don't mind if if a movie is 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 like that kind of pastiche. Um, I mean, goddamn! Like we mentioned, Quentin Tarantino. We think of them. I think that and appropriately so is this uh, fantastic stylist and whatever. Like most of his movies are like like a collage of films that he that has he's seen. seen. Yeah. Right. So there is a way to to do that. But Jungle Cruise is like, let's take like these five movies and just drain them of whatever made them good. I mean, obviously that's not what goes through their heads, right. but it's yeah. like that's, but that's what happens. It's like like all of these ingredients that you that you th- what on earth made you think that you could mash them up? I mean, you can. I mean, you can. It's possible. Right, right. But you didn't. Terry Gilliam <laughs> yeah. could. You thought you were making sort of a stew, but you've really made like a weird well, this, this, salad of just whatever you had in you the refrigerator. You put the in the chili pot. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's stew f- filled with like beans and M&Ms. Yeah. And peas. Let's, uh, let's finish. Let's, let's finish, finish strong. No, no. Finish. I, I think we're finishing very, very strong. Yeah. Fuck Disney. <laughs> um, All right. Mutants. Mutants. Um, Mutants. Wait, wait, I, 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 I thought I had a closing thing about Disney. Maybe I don't. Mutants. Okay. You go. You go. You go I just, you my out. last, so I wrote down, I didn't like the letters in this one. I usually like the letters, oh, I but I thought the it. letters yeah. were kind of tedious. A lot of like, well, actually, it's a fucking squid and not an octopus. Or, well, actually, oh, you conjugated okay. <laughs> this thing wrong. Like, uh, just a lot of, well, actually. Oh, uh, I gotta read um, them again. Though, um, right actually, now. yeah. I gotta, I gotta, like, hate read them. Um, and then the other one was just sort of a more of a global, like, you know, they had... 
in at the beginning in Days of Future Past, whatever yeah. you know, they've they've referenced the sort of 1984 uh, yeah. time uh, several times, and so you know, here's the, maybe a beginning or or sort of an escalation of the government uh, aggressively pursuing mutants. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's 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 definitely 100 percent happening. Um, yeah, this issue, uh, this issue is good for, this issue is good for what it sets up, which is to say that, I mean, that's something that I find problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like what I hate about Loki. All these people are like, 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 oh my gosh, oh, this really sets up a blue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, I mean, if the best thing you can say about season one of Loki is that it, it sets the table for season two. That's a bad season. No, that's a bad season. Okay. Yeah. So, really, this issue is not tremendous in that regard. Uh, what it does for taking characters further, um, I, I will say this actually, um, I, I'd kind of not thought about it until you mentioned it. The interplay between Aurora and uh, and Rogue is uh, very strong, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. Ooh, smashing that Bechdel test. <laughs> it does. Um, it does. Yeah, it does. Um, like smashing it, it passed. Passing, okay. passing. <laughs> yeah, clear that hurdle. Yeah. But um, th- th- there is something nice about that. That uh, Storm Aurora, because uh, it, it's the character, not the hero. She has kind of turned a corner, mm-hmm. and she's gotten herself in order to a degree where she's reaching out mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to Rogue yeah. and. Uh, the thing between the two of them, I thought was was really really great. Touching, yep. Yeah, that that was uh, I think probably my my favorite Your part favorite about part the, the about the issue. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to see what happens to to Storm coming up here. Oh man, next issue yeah. is a biggie. We are going to see. Ooh, ooh, like I got the chills just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> That's a cool cover. I saw that already in Marvel Unlimited. And the art is uh by the way uh, john remedy jr is, is is killing it at this point like yeah. i'd forgotten how good that was and and i think he's like probably number three after paul smith mm-hmm. to me but um jrj is not going to be around this uh, next issue because the magnificent and incomparable barry windsor smith is going to be doing the art um Mr. Windsor Smith is a fantastic artist, uh, lush, incredible work. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, a feast for the eyes. Ooh. Ooh. All oh, right. Feast for the eyes. And uh, with that. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the X Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.